Hi everyone, this is Typhoon Talks, brought to you by Typhoon Consulting, a boutique management consultancy headquartered in Hong Kong. And I'm Chen Yang, a business consultant here with the firm. Retailers continue to survive while new technologies are disrupting the industry. In this episode, I'm joined by my colleagues Nicole and Eve to discuss how the retail industry has been transformed by the new technologies and what it will be like in the future. Welcome Nicole and Eve. Hi, Chen. Thanks, Chen. Retail industry has changed a lot over the past 10 years. What kind of technologies have been most disruptive to the retail industry? Yeah, you've got a lot of new technologies coming about that have disrupted and are going to continue to disrupt the industry. You've got AI, you've got AR, you've got the Internet of Things, robotics, and then who knows in the future, maybe even 3D printing. But I think at the core of all this technology is kind of changing consumer shopping habits and that's what's totally disrupting the industry and it's these technologies which are um, driving those changes and also accommodating for those changes Um, yeah so AI you know the most obvious example is kind of Amazon Go Um, AR you've got L'Oreal who recently bought um, this kind of online virtual artist where you can try makeup on on your face and they previously worked with Sephora um, Zara's going to put AR technology into their stores so that you can, when you pick clothes up, you can see them modelled on um, on big screens in store. And so it's these type of types of technologies which are going to, I think, A, massively improve customer experience in store, but also really work um, towards the back end to streamline the supply chain and really sort of increase speed to market um, by and I think a lot of jobs may be lost or changed in that process as kind of robotics come in and just totally change that. Yeah I think together with AI another important technology is IoT, Internet of Things, because that's the way you collect data Mm -hmm. when a customer worked in the shop all your data from your phone or from from their app. Exactly. Then then in turn that's really the data is really important for the company in terms of I don't know, even from the design process um, all the way into sort of the in-store experience and purchase points, but also um, but also in making the customer's experience better. So like as you were saying, Chen, you know, if they come into store, maybe like an in-store map will pop up on their phone or something. Yeah. Yeah. And also mobile payment has yeah. already impacted on our shopping experience. Yeah. If you look at like 10 years ago, most people were still using cash in a lot of countries. But now in China, for instance, Especially people are using mobile payment, WeChat payment, or facial recognition to make their payment. Yeah, like you just don't see anyone using cash unless they're a visitor, right? Yeah. And also another thing that we haven't covered is blockchain. Not used in the payment sense, mm-hmm. but it will be very useful for tracking the yeah. uh, supply chain, especially for luxury brands. When they manufacture each part of the product, they want to track it along mm-hmm. the way so you know the authenticity of the product. Yeah, I think I think the juries are still still out a little bit on the blockchain technology, and you know, with any technology, there can still be a human that can intercept that in any way. So, is it a hundred percent reliable to say that this product hasn't been tampered with, or that it really is genuine? Because barcodes can be switched 
um, yeah. on garments. So, you know, there's always ways. So it's definitely not something that I would say is 100% secure um, out there. But yeah, luxury retailers, especially in China, are looking at how they can implement um, that technology to make sure customers feel more secure with what they're purchasing and to, to really guarantee the authenticity of a product. Yeah, it's not only for customers, but also for the brands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also I think customers are just generally demanding more transparency, not only in the main, a lot in the luxury market, but also kind of at the like more middle grounds where people just want to know where their clothes have come from and that they yeah. haven't been made in some like really rubbish factory. Yeah. And they're, and they're using it um, for food as well. So I know um, Jack Ma's new supermarket Herma, sorry, I'm not very good at pronouncing that. Um, but they also have that technology where they scan the barcode and you can see exactly where your products come from, mm -hmm. that it's really organic, and um, where was it grown, so people feel a lot more comfortable with um, what they're consuming because, again, people, even with food safety is number one and yeah. pesticides and all that with how we're shipping food around the world um, has become a big concern. So yeah, With all these new technologies, how does the retail industry embrace the change in making their corporate and marketing strategy? It's definitely a challenge. So there's so much out there. There's so much different technology, and especially for legacy retailers that already have a lot of infrastructure in place, it's very difficult for them to know what technology to invest in and to have that investment up front um, and also to know what's going to really be the biggest return on their investment um, at the end of the day because there's a lot of people coming in and trying new things, but not everything is going to stick. And also, it's what really the customer wants at the end of the day. What is the customer going to see the most value in and what's going to make them purchase um, a piece of clothing or a piece of food um, from that technology that you've invested in? So retailers are unsure and they need some help kind of focusing their attention on what their customer is looking for as every customer is very different for different kind of areas of the retail market. Um, and then they kind of build their strategy from there. So it's the people coming in and um, disrupting the market that haven't got all this legacy infrastructure in place that are able to play around with this new technology um, and invest up front, especially online platforms as they don't have big overheads with rents and things to pay. Um, so that's where the legacy retailers are struggling to compete with those new guys coming in um, and being innovative. So it's really deciding what works and also thinking not just a year ahead, but five years down the line, 10 years down the line, where do we want to be? Where's technology going to be? Mm -hmm. Because you can invest a lot and it's already moved moved on when you've implemented it. Um, so that's, that's something that people need to consider with their strategy. So I think you mentioned two challenges. One is to change your strategy from a product-centric to customer-centric yeah. approach. It's all about understanding what customers want instead of what you want for your product. And another challenge is to have a long vision and, and see how new technology is going to change the industry in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I definitely agree with you. That consumer centricity is really key, I think, in this day and age because consumers are just totally empowered. You know, they can get what they want, when they want, um, for the price they want it. So if you're not catering to that, then you are going to be a loser in this um, in the industry. Right. So do you still think that physical shops can compete with online shops in the future? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think, I think is it 90% of customers still shop in store? But I think we've briefly discussed this in other podcasts, but the kind of purpose of the store is changing. So it's going to become less transactional. 
it's probably with those kind of low engagement products, like um, things that you buy on a regular basis, they're not going to be so much bought in store. They may be bought online or they may be kind of automatically reordered. But at the sort of higher engagement level, where pe- definitely where people are making more of an investment, the store is still going to be very relevant, but it's going to have to be more of an experiential place. Um, it's probably going to be a place where not much inventory is stocked. And yeah, it's just really about that experience for the consumer rather than about actually buying stuff and exchanging hands in yeah, the store. Yeah, absolutely. Like as Eve said, people... You know, you can't take away the physical stores completely. Yeah. If people don't know the brand, if they don't know the product and the sizes, they want to go in, they want to feel, they want to touch, and they want to know what the quality is mm. like. Um, that that works more for high-end brands, um, but still the store is going to be an integral place for that experience to take place. And um, generations, as they're changing, are spending their money in different ways. So yeah. whatever you can do to create that unique experience in-store um, is going to drive people then to your online platforms and um, to other areas of your business as well. But it's all about creating something unique for customers, but also that they can come in and touch and feel and, and have that experience. Yeah, and also I think people, humans will always still crave that personal interaction, right? So as Nicole was saying, at that higher-end market, that's what people are buying into. They're not just buying into a product, but they're buying into the experience and the brand, and that's what a physical store can give. And then potentially at the other end, um, like with Jack Ma's chain and kind of Amazon Go, you'll see actually physical stores still have a place, but it will all be all about, it won't be so experiential, it'll just be like, I want to go in and I want to go out and that's all I want. So I think potentially you might see stores splitting off into those two kind of models. Yeah, so I think online and offline interaction will be two-way in the future. Mm. For some products or some brands, they will use digital media to drive sales offline. But for some of the shops, they will use the offline physical stores as a marketing channel and drive the sales online. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, retailers you know, that we've been speaking to are really trying to figure out how to get more people into their stores. So traffic is notoriously down um, across the board. So how can you use both of your platforms to your benefit where you can give them something that drives them back into that store location to then experience more products and and try and get another sale in in a different way and vice versa. So where do you see the retail industry going in the next five to 10 years? I think that is definitely the big question out there. Um, You know, it seems like it's all doom and gloom when you read the news about retail and where it's heading and people can't afford rents. But, um, you know, for legacy retailers, they've really got to analyze their business model and see what works and get out of rents that don't work and are not successful. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to make, you know, stores work that, that they can't make profitable. Have those key locations and then really work on who your customer is and be very focused on delivering on that customer need and that customer desire. Um, If you know who your customer is and you can really channel all your energies towards the technology that's going to engage them, um, having a seamless online and offline platform, um, keeping your your risk low with with minimal inventory in your stores um, and only having those few showcase stores but really driving both your online and offline platform, that's where we see the success really really start to come for retailers but for the online platforms we, we're starting to see a lot of the online disruptors yeah. start to move into store locations 
Um, and so they're doing that really well as they've set up their online platforms um, very successfully, have a ton of investment to invest into the right locations and the right stores um, to create a very unique experience. So I think we'll, we'll still see what we see today, but the experience will just be different and we'll, we'll see less high street stores. We won't see a top shop on every yeah. corner. We're not going to see a Zara on every street because it will be too accessible via the online platform. Yeah. And then I think within that kind of mixture of offline, online, everyone creating this whole ecosystem, I reckon in the next maybe like shorter term future, you'll really see mobile coming into play here. And it already is, you know, with mobile payments. But I think that's something that's really going to grow in the near short term. What's driving the changing consumer behavior and how can retailers keep pace? Yeah, absolutely. So as we said, this changing consumer behavior is absolutely at the core of the industry. And I think in some ways, technology and especially social media has absolutely driven this change. So consumers can get what they, as we said, get what they want when they want it. And also they have access to, you know, like if you're looking at the luxury market, they can see the latest runway fashions literally as they're coming out. So this kind of six or seasonal model where they then have to wait to get that product just doesn't work anymore because they have access to it so quickly. Yeah, and so they just want it now. And I think that social media aspect is really, really driving the demand for getting things in the immediacy. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, as before, we would have to wait to see what was out on the mm. runway before it came into stores. We didn't have access to what all the celebrities were wearing 24-7, what the next cool trend was. We are now um, surrounded by influencers everywhere we look. And yep. um, keeping pace with those trends is is key. And if you're, if you're somebody who wants to stay on the trends, then you're always looking for the next, the next thing that you need to be buying. Um, and retailers are really struggling because you don't want to be buying a ton of inventory up front, which is what previously took place when you do your designs, you, 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 know, you do your planning, um, your merchandising, and all of that is done predominantly a year in advance. Um, now with the change in pace, you're going to be holding on to all this additional stock because people are uh, kind of into that, then they're on to the next thing. So how do you manage that has been really difficult for, for retailers to, to understand and to change the model. And for factories and for, um, you know, in China and in other areas to really understand how to change their model as well to suit the needs of the retailers trying to meet the customer demand. Yeah. So the entire supply chain is changing um, at a rapid pace. And there's got to be this additional uh, budget in place to chase fashion. So you can't allocate all your budget up front when, when planning out your seasons. You've got to have a good amount stashed away to then start chasing into different products and fashion to make sure you're bringing to the customer what they're really after. And really staying ahead of the trend. So having people doing research, knowing what's coming, knowing mm. what's next um, is really, really key. Yeah, and then I think in that way you'll probably see different sorts of cycles to emerge so you might have you might still have a seasonal cycle right but then you'll have the as Nicole said the budget in order to be able to chase those kind of you know monthly or weekly even fashions um, and get products in your stores or produce so they're online and then you know getting that shipping to the um, consumer as quickly as possible.
Yeah, so maybe these cycles will be much shorter than before. Yeah, they'll be much shorter, but I think, I guess, maybe with core product lines and some sort of seasonal trends, there will be that still there, but there'll be a lot of shortening going on. And that's exactly what the consumer wants. And I think as lo- alongside getting access to all these fashions very quickly, there's also a lot of transparency within the industry because of social media, people are looking at celebrities and at runways, but also at kind of influencers who will receive products or buy products and be very often be very transparent with what they think of them. So brands now can't get away with things that they may have gotten away with before, like poor quality when it arrives on someone's doorstep. So yeah, I think that kind of transparency as well as the shortening of the supply chain is is really what's coming out of social media and what's necessary to um, address address changing habits. I think this transparency is not only created for consumers, mm-hmm. your competitors can also see what you are doing. So it's really about quick response to any challenge coming yeah, along the way. There's, there's much, much lower barriers to entry now, but both because it's very, you don't need to buy a store anymore to set up a brand. You can just start one up online and then lower barriers to entry within the kind of online segment, but also in terms of, um, I guess, going into new markets. Because now you don't, to go into a new market, you don't need a store there. You just need to be able to ship there. Um, So, yeah. So, competition is very high and it's very saturated. Right. So, to wrap up this episode, what's the three biggest takeaways for our audience? The one thing I would say is, number one, know your customer. You've got to know your customer through and through. And there's so much data that is being collected in stores in lots of different ways from your online platforms to who's walking in your stores to what they're purchasing from credit card statements, um, knowing where they're coming from. And knowing who that customer is and what they're looking for is key to being able to deliver um, what they want. Customers are not able to be influenced if you're not delivering on the right things that they're looking for. It's very um, it's a very tough market out there. So you've got to know what they want. You've got to deliver on what they want and at the pace that they want. Um, yeah, and then I think in terms of delivering to your customer, I think technology and, as Nicole said, data is going to be the big, big factor in this. Um, data in terms of yeah, knowing your customer, but also you need to be able to use the data you're getting. You might be have this you know massive storage of data, but what are you doing with it and what are the insights you're gaining from it and then what are the actions on top of those insights um, and technology um, yeah again will continue to reshape the industry but it's only the technologies that are kind of adding value to your consumer and I think you might see a lot of retailers just investing in technology for technology's sake because it's what everyone else is doing but You need to be investing in the right ones for your consumer. And also, I think, yeah, understanding the context in which your consumer uses those technologies. Um, I think that's number two. And and be creative. So, you know, a lot of these, these big companies that have been around for years are struggling to know how to be innovative and creative. And these young players coming in, you know, they know which influencers to approach. They know what the young people are looking for and how to get them and, and how to kind of use unique marketing tools to get there. And and the legacy re- retailers really need to try and adapt 
and have these innovative thinking minds that can help tap into those customers' needs um, in different ways that they, they might not be used to and get away from some of those old mindsets and, and how they used to deliver to their customer and think forward, think the next generation, the next generation, what they're going to be looking for and just be nimble and adaptable. Yeah. Um, and, and another thing for, one thing for the legacy stores is, you know, again, as I said, get out of those rents that don't work make the stores that make money for you work and put the experience into those stores that your customer is looking for. Um, there's no point keeping all these massive overheads when you can then pull back and reinvest in new technologies, your online platforms, and the stores that, you know, are your showcase stores to your customer, um, which is key. Three lashes back. I think it was four. But four. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thank you, guys. That's all the time we have for today. Follow us on Twitter at Typhoon Bus, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Typhoon Talks for podcast episodes. Also, welcome to visit our website at typhoonconsulting.com for more industry point of views. We hope you will join us again next time. Bye.